You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Uh, today, my co-host Bill Lowell is off uh, and sitting in for him is the always fresh smelling Dan Klopp with Klopp Consulting. And so let's um, let's welcome Dan to the program again. Uh, so welcome, Dan. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Pete, and a uh, pleasure to be a guest on your show. You have a dumb question, uh, but it's actually really important to me. How's the weather in Delaware? Uh, the weather in southern Delaware is, I'm looking out the window, <laughs> um, it's uh, slightly overcast and uh, low 40s at the moment. Well, that's actually, I was expecting like it's below zero and then I was going to make fun of you for leaving Austin. And so that just kind of blew the whole thing. But what I love is that you looked out the window, which tells you that meteorologists are way overpaid. That's all I got to say about that. But uh, we got a great topic, I think, today that that Dan uh, thought of. uh, Give credit where credit is due. Marketing expert. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Market expert or marketing expert. What's the difference? Why should you care? Dan, why should we care? Make me care. Well, so what, what I've observed in, in my career, um, and by the gray hair you can see I've had quite a lengthy career. Um, exactly. Um, we share that in common. Um, I see a lot of companies get hung up, um, and you see this most when you read job descriptions, when they're hiring new people into the organization. Um, they get hung up on the on the need or the perceived their perceived need to have a market expert, somebody that's got significant experience in their market. And while there are certain jobs where that may be applicable, um, maybe something like sales, where they're expecting somebody, a new salesperson to come in with a, a book of business, so to speak, a bunch of contacts in the industry um, could be valuable. But I see it applied to marketing jobs. And from my perspective of the world, which admittedly is somewhat narrow, but I've participated in some radically different markets. Um, I started my career um, in marketing for instruments for analytical chemists. These are things that are purchased by PhD analytical chemists to separate complex chemical mixtures into their component parts and tell you what and how much of each component is in a complex mixture. Spectrometer. Yes, mass spectrometers, uh, gas chromatographs, liquid chromatographs, um, these types of of scientific instruments. Um, And then I moved from that to inkjet printers, desktop inkjet printers. And then I moved from that area to electronic components, and then to vacuum pumps and vacuum gauges. And then most recently into the aerospace industry um, where I work for the company that um, that makes all the spacesuits for NASA. And none of those markets have anything to do with each other. However, the unifying thread is the marketing pro- process is the same throughout. Yeah. So, so, so it's it's it sounds like a it's it sounds like a splitting hairs thing, but it actually isn't, right? Because the consequences of getting this wrong are really expensive and and really a bummer. Uh, and so, 
uh, market expert or marketing expert, or like as we like to say today, marketing expert. Um, let me just throw throw this out there. Uh, what you know? How do you define a market? And I'll, I'll share my my you know my definition. And as I was saying to you right before the program. You know, I did a bunch of Google searching on this just to see what was out there and literally found nothing. Um, and so I think that it's, it is a really important topic. Um, and so what a market is, is you have to have certain uh, components for something to be a market, right? So you have to check these off your list. You have to have a group of people that have common characteristics of some kind. Uh, that group of people have to have some needs in common that can be identified. Um, and I, I, I think that the third piece is, and this is the part that, that I think is really interesting in a historical context, those people need to be able to communicate with each other. If you're missing any one of those elements, it's not a market. So you think about going back in time when Og invented the wheel, right? And, and his market was basically the village, right? And so he's got his wheel and He's going around and pretty soon he sold the wheels to everybody in his village and that's pretty much it. He's done, right? Well, introduce the, 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 I think the telegraph was the first thing that really changed it and the railroads gave people the opportunity to communicate. It was pretty slow, right? But, it, but still they could communicate and so the market got bigger. And then of course, fast forward to television, radio, uh, the internet and you know that ability to communicate is really the key uh, but the other part of it is the that you have to be able to generalize somewhat in terms of messaging and value proposition and all those sorts of things so that you can segment um, you know we're getting better at one-to-one -one, uh, marketing communication which you know if you remember 30 years ago that was the dream right oh one-to-one -one, you know and I don't really think we're there uh, you know in fact I think there's a backlash now uh, coming at that but um, so that's to me what what a market means. Does that does that kind of align with that, that aligns with my definition of a market as well. So then you have the word expert, which you know every one of these words kind of problematic, right? So right. how do you define expert? Um, I would define expert as somebody with significant experience and maybe a even a proven track record of success in a given market. So their expertise should be obvious. Yes. Right. If it's done, if it's not obvious, maybe either you haven't done your research, or maybe you need to question whether that person is an expert. I've heard somebody say, "An expert just means that I know slightly more than you." No, no. It means I know a shitload more than you. Uh, right. We'll just we'll beep that out. Oh wait, we're live. Okay, no, we won't. Uh, let me just let me just take another drink of this wonderful beer. We're brought to you uh, by Duff, by the way. Uh, amazing, amazing beer. Um, so market expert, marketing expert. So market marketing expert. So these things, well, one, they're not mutually exclusive, uh, but they can be, right? I mean, and I think the mistake that we're talking about is a company thinks they're hiring a marketing, a marketing expert, but they hire a market expert. Right. And what happens? And one of the things that I find that I've observed to be problematic is a market expert that, and to your point, they're not mutually exclusive, but somebody who has 
the experience, significant experience in a market, but not the marketing process can find themselves in a situation where they just do what's always worked in the industry. So we, we used to have this phrase um, in one of my previous companies that if you do what you've done, you'll get what you got. <laughs> so the surest path to maintain your current market share is to keep doing what you're doing. Yes. But if you want to gain significant market share in a market, you typically need to do something different than what you've done. Right. Also, the definition of insanity, which is much more common than you think. Um, yes. I think the other thing is the market expert has a valuable role in the equation, but uh, they're not going to know. They, they're going to have all this knowledge, right? And it's great knowledge, but they're not going to know how to implement that knowledge in very specific ways to get people to buy something. And I think maybe that's where the biggest difference is. Um, Whereas a marketing expert, and this is going to, this is going to, I hope it'll create some uh, controversy, doesn't necessarily need to be a market expert, right? Because like what you said at the beginning, your, your path, my path is much more boring. I've been doing the same thing for the last 32 years. And so, but I've worked in a whole bunch of different industries and some of them I would say, you know, I am a market industry. I would say in, 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 in service, uh, service businesses that sell, you know, B2B services, but I'm indisputably an expert on that. Uh, maybe K-12 education, certainly the way that creative services are sold. Um, but it's not necessary, it's not necessary, is it? In fact, there might be a benefit in maybe not, maybe somebody coming from a different industry, like, like kind of what you've done in your career where you brought fresh thinking you know, I, I like to say that the most important thing that I know is that I don't know a thing. I don't know anything, right? Right. I just know what questions to ask. Right. Well, that's the old, uh, the old uh, Einstein. Uh, supposedly, uh, Albert Einstein wandered around the the, um, the Princeton campus saying, "If I only knew the right questions to ask." <laughs> I did not know that. I was <laughs> I was channeling Einstein. My goodness, I am a genius. Uh, so this idea, though, that I think companies are very entrenched and we see it all the time. You know, oh, I, this is this is one that I love. You get a, a new a prospect that says, well, I'm going to need some references from at least four clients exactly like us. Right. Okay. First of all, and if you want to go to my website, claritymarketingsupport.com slash FAQ, you will see one that says, do you give references? The answer is no. Uh, and there's three excellent reasons why we don't do that. Won't get into it here. But um, the thing is, there are no companies exactly like yours. And why would you want that in the first place? I, I had a local company here in Austin ask me this. And I said, well, sure, I'll give you a reference of two of your biggest competitors. I'm sure they'd love to help you, you know. <laughs> um, but the idea was, if I hadn't worked in their exact business, their exact size, their exact market, apparently I would not know a thing. Uh, and um, and I turned that down. Uh, or, or they got mad at me because I wouldn't give them any references. And I happen to know that it has not helped them whatsoever. 
So I'm proud to say that. No, I feel bad, but that's their problem. Um, but is that what we're talking about here? I mean, it's this idea that how can we possibly help if we don't know the market or if we're not familiar with the market? Well, the interesting thing is, I believe if you are a marketing expert and you know the right questions to ask, you turn yourself into a market expert over time for that specific market. Whereas well, I've, I've observed it's more difficult to go the other direction, um, to be a market expert and then turn yourself into a marketing expert. Huh, interesting. And that's well, just a personal observation of people that I've seen in their careers over, uh, over my 40 year career is uh, going all the way back to my first uh, career stop in these instruments for analytical chemists, these very high tech things, their capital equipment, they typically cost $50,000 and up. Um, it's not a consumer product in any way, shape or form. It's a capital equipment purchase. So there's year long buying cycles because you have to get into your capital budget. Um, so there, you know, there's this whole, all these characteristics about the, the market. And I've seen that people from that industry get, there were a lot of marketing people that, that had marketing on their business card who were PhD analytical chemists themselves. And they'd get all hung up in the chemistry aspect of it. Mm. Of what molecule are these people analyzing? And we're going to group all these people, call it a segment of all these people that analyze similar molecules. And I came into that market through sort of a luck, hook, crook as not a PhD chemist. I was one of the few people that was not a PhD chemist on the marketing team there, but with a fresh set of eyes and looking at different ways to segment the market. And one of the things that led to the market share growth of the company that I was working for, and by the way, that's the backdrop of this, is when I joined that product line, it was at 16% market share worldwide. When I left that product line to go to a different area, it was at 65% market share worldwide. Well, that just shows that you don't know nothing. Well, and I'm not here to pat myself on the back to say that it was all me. Right. But I believe I did have some influence on that because I brought a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of questions, and a right. fresh way of looking at the market that PhD chemists just didn't bring. And I saw a lot of difficulty that these, even though they were highly educated, highly intelligent people, um, they had a lot of difficulty understanding that at the end of the day, these are humans that you're dealing with. And every human has a decision-making process that's pretty darn similar. Absolutely. And that's where the marketing expert comes in, is knowing those questions they ask to get to how do they go about making the decision? Where do they get their information? Who influences them? And all of that right. is essentially common across all buying processes. Now the details radical, are radically different. Right. So that, that market that I just described, um, year long, year plus long buying cycles because you had to get into a capital budget cycle. So they have to put it in their budget, the budget would have to get approved and you get the sale if you did all your other stuff the following year from when you started the process. Well, move from there into inkjet printers where the buying cycle went from months, years down to minutes. I was going to say minutes or minutes. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of purchase decisions that were made 
on, you know, for an inkjet printer, like literally within minutes. Yeah. Of, you know, what? what's funny to me is that I have experience in that uh, with Zellweger. And it was before that it was it was Latchet or is it Lachat? But I think it was we, the company said Latchet and they were bought by Zellweger Analytics. And so oddly enough, right, when you've been in this business for as long as I have, you, you pick up some some things. But the, the thing for me is uh, this is the difference between a marketing expert and a marketing person. Uh, a marketing expert must have a way to very rapidly get up to speed on a market. You know, you mentioned over time. In this day and age, that time is extremely short, okay? And so we have systems, we have things that we've developed in ways that you, you come to me with a market that I'm completely not familiar with, give me two weeks and I will know everything there is to know about that market. And part of it is we subscribe to special databases. You know, we have the ability to intake a lot of information, but we're going to knock that out before we even meet with you. All right. Because the worst thing that we can do is sit down with a new client and start asking them the dumbest questions, the most basic things about their market. Right. So they expect you to know that because what we're, we're we need to focus is on what are the specific things about your company, your products and services, your objectives, uh, your, you know, your, uh, your limitations, right? Um, those are the things that matter. And so, you know, I can find out everything I need to know about an industry by making two phone calls to the two largest associations in your industry and talking to whoever runs them. Done, right? And right. so, I mean, I don't mean to minimize, you know, markets can be complex, but the things that matter. Uh, and then the second thought that I had was, Marketing is a very deep topic, and so the marketing expert needs to know not just about marketing theory, but they need to understand communications theory, for example, creative. They need to understand psychology. Uh, there's It just almost is a never-ending continuum of, of things that you need to know to be able to develop a strategy that actually can be executed, right? And then there's even corporate politics that you have to navigate. I mean... Uh, budgeting it, it just goes on and on like this and I try to communicate this with folks you know that I don't think any other operation in a company has the level of complexity that marketing has and I think that's partially why this is confusing to people because it 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 is complicated yes extremely absolutely agreed um, that is extremely and that and to your point of of becoming a market if you come into a a new market, not knowing anything, but knowing the right questions to ask, you can, I absolutely agree, you can very rapidly become a market expert, maybe even more so than the incumbents because you've asked a different set of questions based on your background as a marketing expert. Right. And so you may know things that they don't know about absolutely. even somebody who spent their entire career in a given market. Um, and again, I'll go back to my experience in the, the field of instruments for analytical chemists. That uh, because I came into that with a fresh set of eyes, I wasn't a PhD and there is PhD analytical chemists um, that operate in that area. There's only about five schools in the world that are considered top flight schools for getting a PhD in analytical chemistry. Um, and even more specifically, we did organic chemistry. Awesome. So it was 
So it's organic analytical chemistry. So it was a very, very narrow kind of field. So this was all carbon chemistry stuff. Um, and what I found is that because they all went to the same schools or this small group of schools, there was a ton of groupthink that would, regardless of which company right. was in that. And so they, you know, going back to that statement about if you do what you've done, you'll get what you got. When I came into that, the companies that had been, there were five major players in that area. Um, and ironically, today, there's still five players. This is 40 years later. Um, wow. Um, but the market shares have shifted. And the, the company that I work for, that I helped drive from 16 to 65%, is still at 65 plus percent market share today. Uh, but they just took a um, a different approach to looking at the market and what's important and what the, the, the buying criteria were and how to communicate. I mean, it's, it's all the psychology aspects that you're bringing in rather than looking at it as, Ooh, what molecule is that, you know, a five carbon chain with a, you know, branch and an OH group on it. And like, no, 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 forget that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's important to the people doing the analysis, but it's not important to how they make decisions about which instrument to buy. Right. Well, and I think that um, actually, may I ask, is that company HP? Yeah, that was HP, uh, which that piece of Hewlett Packard is spun off into a company called Agilent Technologies right. today, but it's the same core stuff. Right. I thought so. I thought maybe that was it. Um, the the um, the thing that I think people miss is if you've been in an industry a long time, it's really human nature to think that you really know everything there is to know about that in industry or that you know everything that there is to know about your market. And inevitably, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that challenges CEOs, right? I, I do that all day long. Um, and because unless you can show me some data, uh, I'm going to assume that you're assuming something. Now, you're probably right, right? That's why you're the CEO. You're 99.95% correct. It's the other five, you know, 0.5%, 0.05 that's going to get you. And it's what I find is that a lot of the things that they're telling us, those, those, uh, it's, it's almost become like company doctrine and it may have originated maybe 20 years ago, right? But it's become fact. In fact, 20 years ago, it may have started off as somebody's opinion and through being repeated many times, it's become fact. Um, and so, and I tell companies now all the time that, I mean, if you're still doing things the same way that you were even just five years ago, three years ago, the entire market has changed, right? COVID is part of it. Uh, technology is part of it. Literally everything's changed. Consumer behavior's changed. Um, the way businesses buy uh, has changed. And so think about that for a minute. If you're still doing the same things, in a way, that's the rug getting pulled out from under you. And I think that those companies that don't adapt die. And so you need to have your pulse. You might think there is everything there is to know about your market, but that's a moving target, isn't it? Yes. Well, an example from my very recent past. So my most recent career stop was with a, a small company called ILC Dover. And most people have never heard that name, but they're the, uh, they have been the exclusive space EVA spacesuit supplier. And we won't get into definitions of all this stuff, but the exclusive EVA spacesuit supplier to NASA for 55 years now. So only company in the world to manufacture a suit that left boot prints on the moon. Um, 
And I'm still waiting for mine, by the way. I don't know if it's a problem <laughs> with Amazon or what, but I'll just keep. One of the interesting things is the CEO of the company, and the company has many product areas, uh, but the CEO of the company um, recognized that there's this growing commercial space aspect. Companies like SpaceX, like Sierra Nevada or Sierra Space Corporation, uh, Boeing has got a commercial space operation going now. There's, there's this whole commercial, emerging commercial space industry evolving. And it was so funny because, and so he, he advocated bringing me in, much to the chagrin of the people within the product line. So he's running, he's the CEO of a multi, um, a, a very diverse company in terms of the, the markets and, uh, and types of products they make. But I, I found myself in, when I first joined the company, people were looking at me like, well, we have one customer, it's NASA. What do we need marketing for? They know who we are. We know who they are. And it's like, well, but have you talked to anybody at SpaceX? Have you talked to anybody at Boeing? Well, no. Get out. <laughs> what are you, nuts? Um, that, that's something that I actually hear a lot from, from clients. And I, I work primarily with mid-sized companies. And, you know, I think... Uh, that that's a mid that I would say that's a mid-sized company. They're not a, yeah, they're not small, a giant company. Small, mid-size. small to mid-sized. Yeah. So we you know we come from the Fortune 100, Fortune 500, and then we've kind of went with very small companies. We've kind of landed in the middle after all these years. And one of the most common things that I hear, I hear this. Listen, Monfrey, everybody knows us in our industry. Really. Especially in, in in Central Texas, do you know how many companies are moving to Central Texas right. every year? Uh, there's no way on earth that you know. And so, but I, I don't I don't argue. I say okay. Let me just write that down. Everybody knows you. Try not to roll my eyes, right? Um, let's we'll just put in the we'll just put in there. We'll do a little research on that. All right. Guess what? Uh, you know, if, if they did know about you at some point, maybe they forgot. Uh, you know, because people do forget, you know, I mean, it's, there's all these crazy things that, you know, people really believe it to the core of their soul. And if you're a data g person, like a data guy, like I am, I literally believe nothing that I hear, you know. Um, but the other thing I think that we become good at, so you worked across a bunch of different industries. And this may be one of the biggest reasons I think to maybe work with somebody who uh, works outside of your market. Hopefully, maybe they've also worked inside your market too, and they have other experience outside. What you start to recognize, and I, I think I think every good marketing expert is really good at pattern recognition. And so you start to get really good at identifying patterns. You know, what's the continuity? What's the string of continuity through these all these markets? And after about I don't know twenty years of this, um, you start to realize. There's a lot of strings. I mean, almost all of them. It's there's a continuity that most of most, you know, every business pretty much operates the same way, with the exception of the finer details of your business. That's really what the marketing expert needs to understand. Less than than the details about the market. We're going to nail that down. Or the industry, for example, uh, we need to know the details about your business. And usually, I'm working with the person that owns the company and their personal interests are also part of the deal. So I want to make sure that the corporate interests align with the CEO or founder's personal interests. I think a lot of marketing uh, experts, I hate that word actually, um, 
they're, they only think of the company, right? Well, why does the company exist? Usually for the founder, the board, the stakeholders. So you got to understand what they want. So anyway, that's just all this comes just from doing this again and again. Uh, and you start to see patterns. And so I, I noticed you enthusiastically nodded your head when I said pattern recognition. Yeah, that's uh, that is um, absolutely what uh, uh, I think what one of the distinguishing characteristics of somebody that either is or will become a very good marketing expert is ability to recognize patterns in the time frame that that industry operates. Yes. So um, that was one of the big changes that I had to adapt to going from when I went from analytical chemistry instrumentation to inkjet printers is the pace of the, I, I had spent, I don't know, 15 years for now, 13 years of my career in this analytical chemistry area. So I was accustomed to that pace of, of year long buying cycles, year and a half on average long buying cycles. And so I got, I became very good at recognizing patterns over that time frame, because shorter stuff was just noise right? and longer stuff didn't matter. Right. Um, so you needed to, and then when I moved into the inkjet printer arena, I had to totally rethink, okay, what's the time frame that people are acquiring information that they're making decisions, you know, that whole buying cycle. And I had to change my mindset to become a, an effective marketer in that industry to recognize patterns on a much shorter time frame. Whereas the previous 13 years of my career were, that was just noise. Right. Because the, the the real patterns that I was looking for were the patterns that matched the buying cycle. Well, absolutely. And and I credit yeah. ADHD to one of my greatest strengths because what what people with ADHD, which I certainly have, hey look, a squirrel. Um, right. it one of the one of our superpowers is that we can take points of data that are where there are other points that are missing but we can still connect we can fill in those other details and and again repetition right i've i've probably done i've, I've done marketing plans for uh, we stopped counting at about 1500 honestly i don't know how many now but it's like you start to see the same patterns over and over and over again so it becomes actually easier and easier and easier to find figure out what's going on and then the other thing is we can work with smaller sample sizes so we don't right. need a massive sample size because we can readily see the patterns and so that these are the things that actually count right so you know some old guy that worked for ibm uh back in the day um you know that person may get you know a lot of credibility from that just because people don't understand markets change uh, IBM is not your market. It's it's a different size. I would say the size of the company matters more than than the industry. Right. You know what works for a humongous company, not necessarily for a smaller company. So um, you know nothing can ex can can replace experience. And um, you know I think that I think that's so that you know the, the concept here was well why should you care right because if you get these things wrong. You think you're hiring a marketing expert, but you hire a market expert, or you think you hire a market expert, but you're hiring a marketing expert. Eh, actually, that would work because the marketing, a true expert can become a market expert like this. So right. I think it's when you get it the other way that that actually is, is a problem. But Right. 
Uh, let me quickly just uh, tell folks. I just got a message here that says, "Hey, where can we where can we see this podcast?" There's actually a couple places, uh, depending on your preference. Um, you can follow me, and it's this usually the the podcast goes live onto my profile uh, every Thursday at eleven o'clock on LinkedIn, and so you'll see it if you follow me. Um, uh, or you can pop over to YouTube. We stream it there simultaneously, and so you can subscribe at YouTube. Um, and so those are the ways to get the podcast. It's a little convoluted with LinkedIn. It's like, hey, I wanted to watch that podcast. Where did it go? <laughs> right? Just head over to my profile. If you don't follow me, you can follow me. If you want to connect, I'll, I'll consider that. Uh, um, but I think this is such a crucial topic. Um, and I think and I hope we've been able to illuminate it uh, somewhat. Um, but... You know, is there any other final thoughts? Because I, I want to ask you something, a, a totally different topic, but I, I want to make sure we wrap this up. Is there, is there anything that that you want to share? No, no I think we, we, we covered that. We beat that to death? Do we beat it to death? Yeah, I think we beat that horse. <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> it's not breathing anymore. <laughs> so so this is what I was just on my mind. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how I can uh, do this. Where I can show you, I got this. I got this rather odd um, invitation, or a, yeah, an invite from LinkedIn, and I've just seen enough of these to know that it was written by AI, and the image was AI as well. This person just clearly doesn't exist. They just had this like uncanny valley kind of look, right? And it was a woman, mm -hmm. right? She's really being suggestive. And I think we can be friends in real life and in business. It was this weird generic. And I instantly, you know, but there were other clues. Like I went to the profile and they got 95 followers. They've never made a single post, right? And it's like, that is a completely AI generated profile. So AI has really been getting a lot of press with uh, uh, chat GPT. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, you're you're a marketing guy as, as much experience as me. What do you make of this? Is it a threat? Is it a boon? Um, I think, well, like like any tool, um, it can be used to your advantage, and it can can really suck. <laughs> um, and I mean, I notice you have a guitar hanging behind you. I do. Um, if if you put that guitar in your hands, wonderful music will come out. If you put it in my hands, it'll sound like screech. I mean, <laughs> like, so it's a matter of how you use these tools. That um, that that's the important. Uh, uh, we had another saying about uh, if if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, every problem looks a whole lot like a nail. To you. That's right. And that kind of right. loops all the way back to the market expert versus marketing expert aspect. Then too. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, it just kind of. You know, I've, I've been performing music for 42 years, maybe the only other thing I've been doing longer than uh, doing marketing strategy. And the funny thing is, and people are astonished by this when I tell them, I don't read music. I don't really know anything about music. Uh, guess what music is? Patterns. It's all patterns. Right. So um, I wish I could show the picture of this uh, this this gal that, that sent, a supposed gal, right? Um, but let me let me do something real quick. We're going to go to a tech, uh, uh, our technical difficulty screen real quick, so I can pull this up. I just have to take a minute to figure out. And I think I don't know if Dan will be able to see it, but um, I think I think this will be worth it. Just two seconds, and we're back. Uh, 
I, I don't, Dan, you can't see it. I'll send it to you later, but just for the viewers mm -hmm. out there, this is the photograph that was the first thing that I noticed. Um, I think this person is either AI generated or possibly an alien from another planet. I'm not sure. I mean, it's just bizarre. I mean, and my first thought was, seriously, does this work? I mean, do people respond to this? I mean, it, it's, it was just amazing. But we had a really interesting back and forth that started with the chat bot and then clearly a human being jumped in. And it was probably some dude in India, right? But, you know, I was kind of messing with him, right? And, and I said, well, why do you want to connect with me? I, I don't, I'm not sure. Can you kind of explain to me what, what the value would be for that? I mean, you have 95 followers. I have well over 5,000. I'm not sure, you know, can you kind of give me a sense of why you want to connect besides being friends and your sexual, you know, innuendo? Um, and, uh, and, and the person that obviously was a person because they, they understood what I was saying. And, and the previous responses didn't, they sort of made sense, but not really. And they said, well, you sure are proud of your 5,000 uh, followers. <laughs> and my response is, well, you're sure proud of your lips. Right. And then she's like, well, let's, you want to try it? And I'm like, try what? <laughs> my lips. I'm like, okay, now I got a person, right? And I pissed them off. And then, and then she blocked me, or he, uh, Sanji or whoever it was. Um, so I was kind of disappointed that they blocked me because I was going to, like, do a video on this so that people could spot, you know, these fake AI profiles. But right. it was interesting to me because it transitioned to a person. And you could literally, you could see the transition in the way the sentences were structured. So it was just fascinating. I'm going to watch for more of those and hopefully I'm going to get some video of these, these exchanges because I do, I like to just screw with them. And I just, you know, I, I'm bored. What can I say? Um, it gives me something to chuckle about. But anyway, uh, it's an interesting topic. And I think a future program, you know, we're going to tackle this chat uh, a GPI Um you know, people are seeing it right now, I think, as something not quite ready for prime time. But think about technological acceleration. I mean, your your consulting practice is really all about technology and marketing. Uh, and, you know, this, this AI, imagine just five years from now what it's going to be capable of. Right. You know, right now it's doing artwork and it looks pretty amazing and there's been some controversy that it's kind of stealing intellectual property to do it but then you'll notice a hand looks like you know this you know and it's like it's not quite getting it right right and i've tried to draw hands by the way and it's hard uh but i i really think that it's it's either going to be skynet or you know it's just going to die off i don't know but neither one of them are good and uh, we'll just have to see what that means for marketing um i think the hard truth is a lot of folks in third world countries who write copy are going to be out of a business because AI writes way better copy copy than somebody in like uh, Bangladesh. Yes. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> anyway, man, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you uh, and, and always enjoy having you on the program. And we'll be back next Thursday. Our guest is Bill Leak, who is... Um, uh, Oh my gosh, I know him so well and I'm blanking on his company, but he is an absolute digital marketing animal. And so um, Bill Leak, look him up. It's L-E-A-K-E. -E, so we'll have him uh, next week. And then I believe the week after that, my, my co-host will be back, Mr. Bill Lowell. Somebody I've worked with 
for 30, he started his company in 1990, the same time we started our company. And I started working with him in about 1996. Wow. And we still work together, you know. So very excited having him on the program. Um, uh, my producer and also amazing wife just handed me this, and but I'm not sure what she's pointing me to. Bill Week is in two weeks. Oh, Bill is in two weeks. So uh, next week it'll be me and uh, Bill Lowell. We only have people named Bill on this program. So um, I don't know. What's Dan doing here? Is your real name Bill? What's, what's Dan doing here if you only have Bill on the program? What Dan is doing here is enlightening us and giving context to tough questions like market expert or marketing expert, why should you care? Um, I think you should care, and I, and I think we made that case. And I love your hair, by the way. You have a lot more hair than I do. It's the same color. We use the same colorist, obviously. It, but it's all white. You got a lot of it, man. I, and I went prematurely gray. I've been, my hair has been this color for 20 years now. Wow. Same here. I was in my late forties and it seemingly overnight, you know? Um, and so I don't care. You know what? I think it's, it's worth like another uh, 50, 60 bucks an hour. That's how I look at yeah. it. So well, I went salt and pepper in my mid thirties. <laughs> Hey, the ladies dig it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I've been married to this. Well, unfortunately for the, the oh. chick magnet. Let me clarify. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> fortunately, I've been married to the same woman for 47 years now. Wow. Um, got married when I was 12 years old. Um, no, kidding. Uh, but the, the whole... Um, you know, sort of attraction of males with salt and pepper hair was completely lost on me because I was in such a committed relationship that uh, oh, you just not. missed all the benefit. Well, the good news, we're, we'll edit that out. Oh, wait, it's live. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, and, I appreciate you, know, you having me on the show. And uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Well, we'll do it again. And uh, great topic. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.